today, Shane is walking past. Shane's getting skinnier. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want to talk about Pentecost today. I want to talk about it in a little bit different way than I would probably otherwise talk with you about it, share with you about it. But in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that's a major festival for them. I'm not going to get into the teaching of the, of the festivals today, but it does translate. I mean, when you take a look at the unleavened, um, just leavened, I mean, first, well, anyways, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled. Everyone say that with me. They were all filled. Say it with me again. They were all filled, and filled with what? The Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to understand what the giving of the Holy Spirit was all about. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit was given for a specific reason. In other words, can I say, not just given, let's call it poured out. What was behind the pouring out of the Holy Spirit? What, what was the whole point of the Spirit being released and being poured out? Let me give it to you point blank, straight, simple, without any deviation whatsoever. And remember that it is the declaration that Christ, Jesus Christ, has been crowned king. Oh, yes, he has. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was to show us, it was to tell us, it was to establish that Christ had been crowned king. I'm sorry, I've been wrong. I have told you the wrong thing. Oh, God, what did he just say? Well, it, it, I, I have. It's not the birthday of the Holy Spirit. It is declaration that Jesus has ascended to the throne. It's not the birthday of anything. Jesus Christ has been crowned king. And when he was crowned king, oh, by the way, when he ascended to that throne, did he do it all by his little own self? No. Who else went with him? We have been seated with him in heavenly places. He has taken us with him. And we rule with him. Friend, I just, he has been crowned king. You, mm. Look at your neighbor. Do they look like a king or a queen? Of course not, not in the physical, but in the spiritual, they rule. In the spiritual, they rule. And not only are we talking about then of the pouring out of the Spirit and what it declares, but also we're talking about his purpose, okay? And the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out is that he now imparts the life of Christ to us. That is the main function of the Holy Spirit. You know, back in, 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 in uh, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember something called the charismatic days. 
that were scary sometimes. It just, it just, got, it just got wild. But it, and I'm not saying it wasn't good, but I'm just saying this. Sometimes we would get carried away on the, on the far side of things to looking at the Holy Spirit. In other words, the main function of the Holy Spirit was to do all these different things. To cause us to speak in tongues, to give us the, quote, gifts of the Spirit, to, to, to manifest this and to manifest that. The, the point is, the real point is that he imparts the very life of Christ to us. He brings us into that vital union and makes us one. And out of that, anything's possible. He makes us one with him where he is, we is. Like that English, do you? I can't, I, I don't know how to put it any plainer. Where he is, we is. And where we is, he is. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Friend, I don't know what that means to you. That Christ has been crowned king and has poured out the, his Holy Spirit. And that he brings and imparts life to us, the life of Christ. I would like to say to every believer in this place, in all honesty, what do you see? In the spirit realm, what do you see? Because I'll guarantee you that probably 99% of what you see is, is just the world. And what you see in the world and all the problems and all the avenues and the situations, friend, I'm sorry, but the world is under the domain and the rule of the enemy. You're not. But yet you operate as if you're under the domain of the enemy. If you don't believe me, just listen to your talk. Listen to what you discuss and all these other things. Friend, I want to tell you something. As a believer from a different domain, things are not as they seem. There's something else that's at work here. And things, you know, <clears throat> I've said it to you before. The worst thing this country can get is what it wants. If the country doesn't want God, the worst thing that can happen is they get no God. But let the church arise. I'm sorry. The church cannot be touched. The church cannot be harmed. I don't care how the enemy comes against it. The church, can, the true church. I'm not talking about nominalism. I'm not talking about a, a mental ascension of, yeah, I agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and all these. That, that's an ascension, friend. That's a mental. I mean, I believe that George Washington was the first president, but I don't have a personal relationship with George Washington. I mean, I know I'm old, but I'm not that old, okay? I'm not telling you how old I am. I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm, I'm on Medicare. <laughs> okay, let's go on. But, but I want to say it to you. You to church, the true church, the church of the living king, his bride cannot be stopped, cannot be shaken, no matter what things are, no matter what things are being looked at, because things are not as they seem. Yeah, but you have, you, you know, 
Friend, I want you to understand there's more to this life than living in the United States of America and prospering and having all that you want, not having any lack and being able to have a house and running water and a car and, and groceries. And, 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 and yes, it's, it's expensive, but, you know, we're able to. We ain't got a clue. I'm not going to get into that stuff. I, I'm just saying we've got to understand who we is. But my big question to you this morning is, as a believer, what do you really see in the spiritual realm? What is it that <laughs> he's given you ears to hear and he's given you eyes to see? You're to be led by the Holy Spirit. Friend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you. Because you just can't wait for something like this to happen. Okay, I'm just, I'm just waiting on Jesus. No, you're to be following Jesus. And if he's united to you, you should be listening to Jesus. Being taught of him. Guided by him. You know, we just got done seeing greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. <laughs> and for so many believers, that's just a nice song. It's not life. It's not truth. Just ask the kids yelling downstairs. But I'm going to ask you to see because what you and I are living in what this day is all about is a fulfillment. You, 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 you are in the land that Abraham saw, that Moses saw, that the prophets prophesied about. It's not a physical land. Everybody gets caught up on the, on the sand, on the Mediterranean there, in the Middle East and so forth. It's not the land. That land that we're referring to is, 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 is a, look at it, it's in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith Abraham, is who we're talking about, dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Whose builder and maker is God. Friend, I, 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 want you to, I want you to hear that because what we're talking about is not earthly. It's not something that rises up here on this earth. It is that which comes down. You know, the Bible makes a very... You need to read the book of the Epistle of Galatians sometime if you want a great expository study on the Holy Spirit. Read through Galatians, but not just Galatians. I mean, this I'm talking about is in Revelation. It's in, it, it deals with the separation, the difference between the earthly Jerusalem and the heavenly Jerusalem. And that earthly Jerusalem is in bondage. It is in slavery. But that heavenly Jerusalem, it comes down from above. It is that heavenly city. And it's not, oh, please understand me on something. With man... It, about building from the ground up with this city it's coming down from up above it's that land it's that city that represents his church that is who is the true Israel those mm, I want to get into a different study right now but I got to keep going with where I'm going somebody 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 run up here and shake the pastor real quick I'm trying to tell you something that you need to know what we're talking about is a city, it's a land, it's the church, it is the mark, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. It's the land of the Holy Spirit. It's where the glory of God resides. There's no temple there. 
Build a temple. It's a new Jerusalem. There's no light there. There's no sun or moon. Because the glory of God dwells there. He's the light. And he turns around and says, you are the light because if he's in you, joined to you, then you express the light of God. I'm sorry for getting a little excited. I just, you know, I know this is unusual, but for the past couple weeks, you know, I'm just getting over the COVID stuff, so I feel pumped like I haven't been able to do something, and I'm ready to roll, and I've, I've got another hour and a half to go here, so I'm sorry, but, but, but it's about where we live. Abraham saw it. Isaac. I mean, you go all the way down through Moses, the prophets. Jesus talked about it. They would refer to it as the age to come. Then Peter, James, John, Matthew, Michael, Susie, Kim, they all saw it. They saw on that day of Pentecost. And I want to tell you something. When you are born again, you enter into that city. Do you understand that you're in that city now? Not tomorrow. Not in the future. Not when I die. Not in a thousand years. Now. You are seated with him in heavenly places. On that day, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, again, announced that he was king. The Spirit was poured out. God himself poured out himself. And all of a sudden, there was a wind. Friend, <laughs> I love interpreting things. Where else do we see wind that's like this? You go back to Mount Sinai. And at that point, the children of Israel that were being made into a nation at that point, first thing you come into is that wind, which is this major announcement that God's getting ready to announce something, to say something. And then on the day of Pentecost, not only did you have that wind, but you had fire. What does fire represent? His presence. Neither one of these two would be repeated. But the next thing that would happen would be. And what was it? They began to speak with other tongues. Now, again, if you take a look at verse 4, it says, and they were... I'm going I'm I'm to just tell you right now, We've turned what God wants to do in a lot of ways into struggles and bondage. Because when I look at something like this, i got to realize it wasn't just the disciples. Or we'd call them emissaries or apostles. No, 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 no. It took place it, in chapter 1, verse 15, it tells us there was around 120 of them gathered together. It wasn't just the disciples. It wasn't just, it was all. 
and the evidence of the Holy Spirit filling them and those after them and here today is that they spoke with other tongues. Now, all of a sudden, some people start getting up. Hey, oh, I know. Oh, that's for me or not. No, I just don't know. Oh, don't worry about that. This is not for you to make an assessment or judgment or theological under, undertaking of proving or doctrinal thesis. On, just just would, you, would you listen to the word for a second? When they realized and that Holy Spirit and what that Holy Spirit showed them at that, I should say, showed them from that point on, there would come to them this power in this walk and, 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 and they would begin to see things that was in the Spirit. Now there is a premise, there is a principle I want to teach you, I want to show you this morning. You can't forget it, I know it, you can repeat it over and over again, it's very easy to understand. It's in your notes, and that is simply the Holy Spirit. This is, I should say, say it this way, this is not something to achieve, but to receive. Now why do I say that? Because receiving how many how many got a how many got a present for christmas did you, did, did did you do this when 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 you came to the christmas tree and there was the christmas gift did you go oh give me the gift for help me have it i got to have the gift for give me the gift give me the gift give me the gift, give me the gift. Oh, i got to have the gift oh lord give me the gift give me the spirit I can see your kids doing that, right? No, man, boom. They're instantly doing what? Receiving. We're not talking about struggling. Fighting through. Gotta try harder. Oh, please. I went through that season. I mean, it's like we got working up, working up. Okay, I'm going to pray more, study more. I'm going to listen to worship music for six hours instead of four hours. Please. And you know what the biggest difficulty is that I find? Is that you have believers who have struggled to achieve walk away feeling like failures. Like they're second class believers or something. It has nothing to do with any of that. This is the only difference between a belief. Oh no, I'm going to get in trouble there. But but let me. Mm. Oh, I'm going to say a lot of things. I just realized that I passed through the majority of my notes here, but that's that's okay. I'm going to, how many, how many are going to say, be upset about that? That's okay. Evidently, that's the way God wants it. So, hmm. I, I, you know, let, let me just share this one part with you. Do you remember in Acts chapter 2 there where it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that in the Greek, it is a much stronger expression? 
And it's kind of hard to translate it as far as into English. But it's like they entered in to the dimension of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So every time thereafter that you see that term, filled with the Spirit, it's another Greek word. In the first case, in, the, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, that says they entered into the dimension of, quote, filled with the spirits. Now, you'll come against, uh, up against this again in later chapters. And Peter, filled with the Spirit, stood and said. Now, that might make you think or give you the understanding that Peter filled with the Spirit for a second time. No, in the Greek, that Greek says Peter, having once in time passed, entered into the dimension of being filled with the Spirit, stood up and said, He's already there. It's not going back and forth, in and out, so forth and so on. It's, it's not, it, it doesn't happen that way. Friend, I'm, I'm here to tell you that <laughs> you are, it's about coming under the control of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. How were you saved? Well, that's nice. But by faith, you say you were saved, but what happened? You received grace. You received forgiveness. You received redemption. You received, you received, you received. And what's so frustrating is we go from there thinking that anything else we have to work for, struggle for, whether it be the Holy Spirit or maintaining or, or, or growing in our salvation or healing. We've we got to work for this. We've got to work it up. We've got, we got to struggle for it. This is not something we achieve. This is something we receive. Okay, pastor. Like the accent there? Okay, pastor. Why do I, why would I want this outpouring? Why would I need this outpouring? I mean, I'm doing fine, aren't I? If I go, I'm going to heaven, right? Don't ask me, ask him. I'm not a judge. But I'm going to say something that might get a little people. Give me a chance to explain, though. You don't need this. And you don't want this like it's something to achieve. But the question is, do you want to receive? Receive what he has for you. Wants to give you. To realize more. I mean, come on, somebody. It should scare you to death to not hunger for God. And I'll throw in another kicker. And for sin not to bother you. It scares me to know that the, that the majority of churches, the 
quote, believers, sin doesn't bother them anymore. And there's not a hunger for God. There's a, there's a, a feeling of obligation that I must fulfill my duties to the church. And that scares me because that's not what a relationship is all about. I mean, how would your spouse like it? How would your wife like it? Is, is that you, you showed up at home because that was your obligation as a spouse. Do you, do you want to receive? I'm not, I, please understand something. I'm not, I'm not referring to speaking in tongues, but hey, I'm referring to speaking in tongues too. That's what Pentecost is all about. See, for, for a lot of people, unfortunately, we, deny the, we, we, we desire the experience more than the giver of the experience. Oh, and by the way, can I say this? And, and I know we use it. It's our Christianism, and I understand exactly what we say. But the Holy Spirit is not a gift. He has gifts, which are known in the Greek as manifestations, absolutely. But the Holy Spirit is not a gift. He is the promise. And that's a whole nother level. It's not just a gift like I'm going to own this. He is the promise that I'm going to enter into. It is a fulfillment of what the entire shadow language of the Old Testament was speaking of that Christ promised that when he went to the Father, it is a promise in our lives. It's a promise on our lives. It's a promise around our lives. And I can tell you that because the promise was given that Jesus is now Lord Jesus Christ. He has been crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can somebody say amen to that? And, 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 and he has, again, he's taken us with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Why wouldn't we want I mean, what do we see spiritually? We're blind. We're nearsighted, the Bible calls it. We've lost our first love, John talks about. To the Ephesians as well, to the Laodiceans. I mean, we're, 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 what are we seeing in the spiritual realm? When, when, when you pray for your grandkids, what do you see in the spiritual realm? When you pray for your spouse, what do you see in the spiritual realm? When, when you pray for this life or that circumstance or this, what do you see in, in the spiritual realm? Oh, you mean I'm going to see things? In your spirit, you will see. In your spirit, you will hear. In your spirit, you will. There, there were some things this week. Man, I got, I got involved in something I was doing, and the spirit of God, boom. And I saw what I didn't see. I didn't see a vision in front of me, but I saw it. And I walked away from it, 
And let me tell you something. Spot on. That's the way God works. There are times that he might show you. Like, I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is now Lord Jesus Christ. And the neat thing is, he has taken us with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. And try this one on for size. And we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means what he has, we have. What he has, we have. And, and you go, oh, what is that? We have, unfortunately, miserably fallen short of what God has called us to, what God has desired to do. He will not interfere with your choices. When you reject what he has, we don't receive it. When we embrace our choices that are being governed by the domain of the dragon, for the dragon, and John gives us the interpretation to who the dragon is. Satan, the devil, he calls him. Slanderer, deceiver. Those are his titles. With the truth being his real name is Lucifer. But let me tell you, he has domain where he is allowed to have domain. Weapons of all warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And notice bringing every thought into what? To the what? To the glory of Christ. Oh, there's much more to this than meets the eye. Well, I just came to church to come to church like I'm supposed to. What's he doing? I'm giving you truth. Because, friend, I'm going to tell you something. We all going to give an account. And I'm not going to stand here and give you a nice classical teaching on the Holy Spirit from that point. I want to give you an understanding of what we see, what we understand, and the reality and the purpose behind the Holy Spirit and as a result, those manifestations being it baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues and much, much more. We are joint heirs with him. But honestly, what does that mean to you? It either means absolutely nothing or it means everything. The enemy... I wish I would have put this on the screen. The enemy is the author of complacency. Can't wait to get out of here and go to that restaurant. Man, I've been looking forward to that all day. Yeah, can't wait to get over this and go get outside today and do a little yard work and, and feel good. Well, 
is he taking so long today? No word, no worship, no prayer. But I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, glory to God. That's complacency. You want you want a you want a pastor who 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 doesn't pray? Well, guess what? You got a pastor who doesn't want a church who doesn't pray. We need each other. You want a pastor who doesn't tithe? Well, this pastor doesn't want a church who doesn't tithe. It's about the glory of God because I know what that brings. You don't tithe, you bring more of a curse than you bring. There's no blessing there. You think you're doing good and fine and everything else. <laughs> you haven't read the scripture, have you? There's so much more I can say on that as far as worship, but I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is the author of complacency. The enemy is the author of complacency. The enemy. Do you even pray over your food anymore? Man, I've seen some of that food from the fast food lines. You better be praying over it. <laughs> I mean, I got me a burger from Arby's there the other day. A Wagyu burger. Not only did I pray before, but I had to pray during it. <laughs> Lord, bless that which is within me. Amen. Let me say this. Please hear me loud and clear. Jesus said, let me just read it to you. It's not in there. Oh, look at that. Pastor left out some verses. You know it, John 10.10. 10. The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. I, uh, it's up there. I put it in. It's just not in there. I come that you what? And have it how? More abundantly. Can I tell you? That's not just salvation. Salvation is the beginning of what's about to take place in your life. I have not seen nor ear have heard, nor have you begun to enter into the joy that sets before you, because I can tell you that there's so, so, so much more. The entire, you don't find the Bible, you don't find Paul praying for any unbelievers. He prays for believers. And what does he pray for believers for? That the eyes of your understanding would be open, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you would have revelation of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you would know who he is, know who he is more. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. You've come into a city whose foundation is from God. You belong to a whole new realm. You are And I'm here to tell you, 
that outpouring on the day of Pentecost was to declare him king of kings. And that day has not ended. There's not a going in and going out. That gift is still, I said gift, that promise is still for you and those who are far off. Peter would explain it explicitly. Friend, I'm here to tell you, that experience is a, it's, it's more of God. Well, I've, I've tried, you know, I've struggled, and, and, and I've, you know, wanted to, you know, and I've tried all the different formulas, and to start saying this letter a few times, to try doing that. Do you see these guys trying to receive? I don't care where they were at in Scripture. They weren't trying to receive nothing. I don't care whether it's in Samaria. I don't care if it's in the house of Cornelius. I don't care if it was in the upper room there with, with, with the disciples and the other 120. They're just sitting around. But there was a spirit of receiving. They had come to Jerusalem because they were told, go to Jerusalem and tarry until the Holy Spirit has come upon. That's called, I wish I could get into this. I've already gone too long. Epipipto. It is a bathing. It is a saturating of his presence, of his spirit. Nothing's changed, friend. He didn't tell them, go wait in Jerusalem until you get a big wind whip you across the room. Until fire is just all over you. Now, I'm going to tell you, the, the, God sends fires, visual, physical fires that you can see. I can tell you stories, man. I can tell you stories. But I'm here to tell you that God, Jesus didn't tell him, go tear in Jerusalem until you see fire. No, he said, go tarry until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So they went with an attitude of expectancy. They didn't struggle. Oh, God, give us your promise. Oh, God, lay it on us, baby. No, they were just sitting around. They were taking a break. It tells me that because of the time of day it was and, and what would be happening on the day of Pentecost, them being good Jews, and what they would be walking through at the time, and there would be a break between the, the services and the ceremonies, and they'd just be lodging in a, in, in a room together, the 120 of them, and then all of a sudden, boom, God shows up. And friend, I'm here to tell you that it's about time we begin to know what it means to walk around in the expectancy of God again. In the expectancy of the flow of the Spirit of God. In the expectancy that I'm not going to limit Him with anything. I want to receive what He has. I want to receive evidence I want to receive, not try to achieve, but just achieve in God. I'm coming after you at the altar, in the car, in my home, at work. I'm coming after you on my riding lawnmower. I'm coming after you in the frozen food at Giant Eagle when I'm picking up my Stouffer French bread pizza. I'm coming after you. I want you, Lord. 
there's something that rises up within me that says, I can't, I can't do this. I just need more of God to see, to understand, because if I'm going to look at this world around me, I'm dead meat. But God tells me things aren't what they seem to be. Yeah, my wrath gets poured out. Things happen. I bring about the results and judgment on people who reject me, on nations who reject me. church, my bride, you can't touch. Give me time to talk about the two witnesses in, in Revelation, and I just want to go on. No, it's not Moses and Elijah. It's a whole different ball game. Okay, it's the church. And the church has power shut things up and to close things down and the enemy the enemy tries to come in and and kill it but all it can do is maybe silence it but it can't stop the church because you can't stop what's god's oh get me going on something here because i'm not done mm -mm -mm. Yeah. still clapping and it's probably gonna be two o'clock right no I'm, I'm gonna finish up I want you to understand that it's more than just salvation. Salvation is the hugest miracle in all of mankind, in all of the scripture, in all of the kingdom. Grace that abounds, mercy that endures, loving kindness, salvation healed in your coming into that relation, one with him. <laughs> but what are you going to do in the next 40 years? Unsaved. Hallelujah. One of these days, I'll probably stop breathing, and, uh, and I'll go to heaven. Hallelujah. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's all God has for you is to be saved? No. God's restored you to what you were supposed to be, and that is in that relationship, in that presence. Friend, oh, man, this is where, this is where the land comes in, right? You go back to the Garden of Eden, right? There's Adam and Eve, la, 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 tree of life, tree of knowledge, all that fun stuff. La, 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 this is great, wonderful, clothed in his righteousness. And Eve goes over to the tree of wisdom, and the enemy says, you shall be as God. You mean I get, I, I don't need him, I can be a God myself. I can do things independent of him. Oh, let me, let, me, let me see that fruit. <laughs> oh, Adam! Really, Eve? <laughs> Where were they? They weren't just in the Garden of Eden. Understand what the Garden of Eden was. Because you've got to remember, they had to be expelled out of the garden into a world that because they chose and fell and died they were put out into a world that was now cursed 
into a universe that was cursed. Well, if, if the whole earth came under the curse, why couldn't they just stay where they were? Why did they have to be expelled from it? Because the garden was the presence of God. And so the angels would stand before it with the, the, the swords of, of flame because they could not enter in. Oh, there's so much more to that. But you take that on down. It's the same thing with, quote, the land. The land of, of, of Canaan that God showed Abraham. Yeah, it's the physical, but it's the shadow of the land to come. That this, this land, there's a place where I'll put my name, where I'll, I'll, I'll have my presence. And when Israel totally and finally completely rebelled, Israel and Judah together against God, what happened? They were taken out of the land, the place of God's presence, and taken into captivity. It would never be the same again. And you've got to read Daniel sometimes, especially in the ninth chapter where it's kind of encrypted there. It speaks of when the Christ, the, the Messiah, would be born. And the end of Micah would be about 400 years, obviously. And then the angels show up. Glory to God in the highest. And I can go on and on about this, but God's glory came as man. And now that man hasn't suddenly transformed into something else. He's still man. And because of what he did, you and I are united to him. Made one. That means him who is the glory of God lives in you. You are one with him. His seed is in you. You are in him. You contain now the glory and the presence of God. Come on, somebody. Do you see the transition? I've got some things I want to teach you down the road here, but I'm just getting to this right now. Mm -mm -mm. I need to stop. thing I trust you walk out of here with this morning is the hugest hunger that you've ever had for God. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Today's a new day. Today is all about the day that he has made. So I ended by saying, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That abundantly, exceedingly abundantly is the same word that Jesus said, that Jesus used when he said, I come that you may, not might, not might, not maybe, but that you may have life and life what? More abundantly. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. But I didn't want to stop there. I, 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 I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to give you this scripture in the Amplified Bible. Look what it says. Now the Amplified, in case you're not, not, not sure, the Amplified takes all of the Greeks, all of the Hebrew, but in this case the Greek, 
and expresses it in all of its different formats and words. That's why, that's why the Amplified is a lot thicker than your just normal Bible. But it says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within where? Us. Is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, superabundantly. That's almost like going supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Superabundantly far above. I'm sorry, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Whew! That is a lot being said. That's a lot being said. But that's who he is. Maybe you're in this place this morning, and you've been hearing about a God you have no idea about. You might have some thoughts on, some knowledge on, that you don't have a relationship with. This morning in this place, that's what's pulling on you, is the, the Holy Spirit. Huh. Imagine that. He's at work. And what is he doing? He's convicting you. Convicting you of where you're at in a life without him. And this morning, he's simply inviting you, come and receive not about achieving something. Well, if I become a believer, then I'm going to do all this other stuff. No, it's not about achieving. It's about receiving. That's it. And this morning, if you make, if you say, if you, if you say yes to him, you make that choice, he makes that change. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as we express it, the speaking in other tongues. I don't know if that's for me. It's just, I, don't want, I don't want something to come on me and then make me go all funny and, and fuzzy and weird. And You know, if, that, if that's what took place, I sure wouldn't want it either. But if you want God to just blanket you and love on you, and pour out his promise upon you. I don't mean in just speaking in tongues, but I mean there's more, friend. There's more to the Holy Spirit than just that, but I'm here to tell you that that baptism changed those 120 people. Not just the apostles. And from there, They walked differently, and they walked in power. Why? Because there was another level that they went to, maybe spiritually, that opened their eyes and saw something more. I don't get into the comparisons, but I am here to tell you that God does want to open your eyes of understanding. He wants to give you revelation of who He is. And so this morning, I want you to know that let's just enter into worship and focus on Him. Just focus on him and let him do what he wants with you. Maybe he just wants to bless, touch you so much. But it doesn't stop here. It goes to the car. It goes to the house. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just saying, man, I'm just hungry for God. 
where I've been and what I've been doing. I need more. I just want to be refreshed again, renewed again, restored again, made alive again. I'm tired of being beat down, tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of going through what I've been going through. My eyes focus it on everything else. I want to see in the spiritual realm this morning. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So would you stand with me? And this morning, I've got one request. Just one. If you're here this morning and any of that resonates in your spirit, I'm going to invite you to come. Stand right here. I'm going to invite this church this morning to come forward and to enter into a time of simple worship and to go after God. So as we sing it, come join us. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand so that your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I can see that you are drawing Lying in the sand, and I want to then standing on your side and holding your hand. Let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my claim. Let the worshipers arise, let the sons and the daughters sing. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my heart. I surrender to the King. Now I'm going to make this invitation one last time. I'm not going to hold anybody up. But I trust that you understand that what we're doing up here is worship. And I'm asking you as a church, as a people, to come together out of hunger, out of desire. I'm not forcing anybody, but I do want to say one thing. Something magical takes place when we do it together. Something unbelievable when they're in one accord. Not impartial accord. I don't want to plug something in that's only half wired. First of all, it's not going to work. Second of all, if it's if it's wired incorrectly, kaboom. But I'm here to say this morning, <laughs> something's happening in the kingdom, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do anything around it. I'm just going to let God do what He wants to do, and we're going to go after Him this morning.
You don't have to feel like you got to stick around or anything. I understand. But I want to invite you one more time. And we're going to continue on. Father, I 